Okay, welcome ladies and gentlemen, Pastor Eli James here along with Dan from Georgia. And today we're going to do a special show about the discovery at Mount Ebal. The the timing was absolutely perfect, Dan, because last week we went through Deuteronomy chapters 27 and 28, where Mount Ebal and Mount, uh, I think Gerizim, I think is the other one, where the... Yeah, okay, the blessings and the curses were being announced by the Israelites on those two mountains, okay? One, the blessings announced on Mount Gerizim and the curses being announced on Mount Ebal. Well, it turns out that uh, major archaeological discoveries have been made at Mount Ebal relating to these curses and a so-called tablet, which is like a two-by-two a folded metal uh, scroll. Uh, I would call it a scroll, not a tablet. It's so small. It, it all contains a, a few sentences relating to the curses uh, on Mount Ebal. And that's where it was found, on Mount Ebal. Okay? So why don't you pick it up with the article. There's two articles I sent you. Uh, let's do the longer one mm-hmm. because it gives greater detail as to what's going on. Okay? Over to you. Okay. Uh, the title of this article is Archaeologist Claims to Find Oldest Hebrew Text in Israel, Including the Name of God. And it starts off, Archaeologist Dr. Scott Stripling and a team of international scholars held a press conference on Thursday in Houston, Texas, unveiling what he claims is the earliest proto-alphabetic Hebrew text, including the name of God, Yahweh, Y-H-W-H, ever discovered in ancient Israel. It was found at, at, Mount, at Mount Ebal, known from Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 29, as a place of curses. If the late Bronze Age, circa 1200 BCE, is, date is verified, this tiny two centimeter by two centimeter folded lead cursed tablet may be one of the greatest archaeological discoveries ever. It would be the first attested use of the name of God in the land of Israel and would set the clock back on proven Israelite literacy by several centuries, showing that the Israelites were literate when they entered the Holy Land and therefore could have written the Bible as some of the events it documents took place. You think? You think? You think we can take the Bible seriously? All right. (laughs) Okay. This This is a text you find only... Every 1,000 years, Haifa University professor Gershon Galil told the Times of Israel on Thursday. Galil helped decipher the hidden internal text of the folded lead tablet based on high-tech scans carried out in Prague at the Academy of Sciences of the Czech Republic. Based on epigraphical analysis of the scans and lead analysis of the artifact, Stripling and his team date the cursed tablet, or defixio, to the late Bronze Age, before or around 1200 B.C. If this dating is verified, it would make the text centuries older than the previous record holder for oldest Hebrew text in Israel and 500 years older than the previously attested use of the Tetragrammaton Yahweh, according to Galil. Writing in a similar alphabet was discovered in the Sinai Peninsula dating to the beginning of the 16th century B.C. Okay, so well, oh. it's, it's really obvious that the Bible is much older than secular and even Jewish 
scholarship wants to admit, because the fact of the matter is that the uh, that whole territory controlled by Jews, that most of them are either atheists or uh, Bible haters, because they know that they're not the Israelites of the Bible. And uh, so they don't want the uh, Bible to be taken seriously by anybody. So I'm, just, I'm talking about mainstream Israeli archaeologists. That's their official position. They are atheists, and they don't take the Bible seriously. Consequently, this find at Mount Ebal proves, hey, the Bible is really that old, and the name of Yahweh has been used by the Israelites ever since, okay, or, before, or even before this find because obviously they were using the name of Yahweh before they settled in at Mount Ebal and Mount Gerizim. Back to you. Okay. <clears throat> also challenging the secure dating of the object is the fact that the tablet was not discovered during a carefully excavated stratified context. Rather, it was found during a 2019 re-examination of earth from a dump pile formed during the during 1980s excavations at Mount Ebal that were held under Professor Adam Zertel. The earth had been dry sifted then, and in 2019, Stripling's team re-sifted it using a wet sifting technique that was developed at the Temple Mount Sifting Project, where Stripling once worked. Stripling current heads ongoing excavations at Biblical Shiloh. Archaeologists approached by the Times of Israel were unwilling to comment on the record until they viewed the hopefully forthcoming academic paper and scans. The fact that they are publishing it in the news before being published scientifically is a bit off, said one established academic. Another caution that since he hasn't been able to view the inscription himself, it was impossible to know whether the claims were factual or a case of overdeveloped imagination. However, both skeptics said that everything is possible and that it may be valid, even though the images were not yet being made available. While it is irregular to promote an unpublished work in the lay press before an academic journal, Galil noted that the team felt obligated to share the news of the tablet's existence and their initial findings because of its history-changing potential. The cursed tablet was discovered in Earth originally taken from a cultic site at Mount Ebal near Biblical Shechem and today's Nablus. Mount Ebal appears in Deuteronomy 11, chapter 11, verse 29, as a place of curses and is revered by some Christians and Jews as the place where Biblical Joshua built an altar as commanded in Deuteronomy 27. <clears throat> it is described in Joshua chapter 8, verse 31, as an altar of un unhewn stones upon which no man had lifted up any iron. The site known is known by locals as Al-Bernat, or Top Hat in Arabic, <laughs> and is regarded by archaeologists as an exceedingly rare and significant illustration of early Israelite settlement. There you go. It is the only, <clears throat> it is the only one of its type in the area. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, well, obviously, since the Israelites had just uh, come out of their wilderness wanderings, okay, just before the crossing over the Jordan and to take over Jericho and Ai by Joshua, that uh, these two sites can be dated so accurately that there can be no discussion or dispute about the actual timing. So in my view, we're talking about 1400 BC, 
thereabouts, okay? Additionally, because there's ongoing revelations from the, this uh, archaeological site, and it appears that the Israelis can't do anything to quell the revelations here, that uh, the entire site at Mount Ebal is in the shape of a foot, it's in the shape of a foot. So apparently, down to the bedrock, the Israelites had scraped off a, a site in the shape of the foot. And because, well, in Joshua says, wherever you you're, you plant your feet, that area belongs to you. And uh, throughout the uh, entire Arabian Peninsula, I mean, which is a huge area, you know, we're talking from, from where the Israelites crossed the the Sea of Reeds down to, to, to the southern end of the Arabian Peninsula, back up and around, the, the, you have, especially at Mount Sinai, you have all kinds of images of footprints deliberately left there by the Israelites, okay, giving evidence of the scriptures that uh, they were there and they, wherever their feet uh, settle or, or step, that area is uh, belongs to Israelites, okay? So this is, uh, and so they commemorated this whole footprint uh, legacy at Mount Ebal. Back to you. A consensus of archaeologists date the clearly cultic site to the early Iron Age, somewhere around the 11th century BC, or when the Israelites evidently began to settle the land of Canaan. Other archaeologists pushed that date back to the 12th century or late Bronze Age. This is an important site belonging to the wave of settlement in the highlands in the early phase of the Iron Age, said Professor Israel Finkelstein, one of the world's leading researchers on Iron Age settlement in the region. Finkelstein spoke with the Times of Israel in February 2021 when Mount Ebal was in the news after allegations were made that it was being destroyed by local Arab towns in the course of construction of a road. As far as I can judge, it dates to the 11th century B.C., as such, it can be understood as representing the groups which established the kingdom of Israel, the northern kingdom, in the 10th century B.C. In other words, it is an early Israelite site, he told the Times of Israel. The late University of Haifa, Professor Zertel, excavated the site in the 1980s, including a large rectangular altar that was apparently constructed over an earlier round altar. Stripling said the tablet came from earth originally excavated from this round altar. As soon as I saw it, the tablet, I knew what it was because these cursed tablets are known. My heart almost jumped out of my chest, said Stripling. <laughs> okay, now Stripling is a Christian, right? He's a Christian archaeologist, and he's all excited about it. But the Jewish archaeologists are, are trying to be really skeptical about this, okay, which we can expect. Because we in identity know that the Jews aren't serious about the Bible because, number one, they know that they're not the Israelites of the Bible. And number two, they don't want, uh, you know, Christian archaeology to take center stage or up one upmanship over Jewish archaeologists. All right. But that's what's happening here. And there's nothing they can do about it. Back to you. In addition to the fact of an early, if not the earliest, Hebrew inscription found in the land of Israel, Galil told the Times of Israel that this find sets to rest the ongoing academic discussion of whether the Israelites were literate. We know that from the moment they came to Israel, the Israelites knew how to write, including the name of God, clearly, said Galil. It's not too surprising. People already knew how to write in other places, he added. 
The scans were read by Galil and Peter Gert Vanderveen of Johannes Gutenberg University, Mainz. Speaking with the Times of Israel, Stripling said the reading includes the words Arur, cursed, and Yahweh, including the three main letters of the Tetragrammaton. We recovered 40 letters, 40 on the inside and outside of the tablet, and they were all in this proto-alphabetic script, which dates to the late Bronze Age, said Stripling. Galil told the Times of Israel that the text is largely written in archaic proto-Canaanitic script, with some letters coming from hieroglyphic hieroglyphs. The latest date of the epigraphic analysis would put it circa the 12th century, while some elements are dated to even earlier. Okay, now this is a, this is a false characterization. It's not proto-Canaanite script. It's obvious that the Canaanites used proto-Hebrew script, okay? Uh, these these secular archaeologists are, are trying to diss the Bible, you know, by saying, and a lot of people believe this nonsense, that it's Canaanite script. No, it's not. It's Hebrew script. Obviously, the Canaanites are descended from Ham, right? What language would Ham, Shem, and Japheth have spoken in their household, Dan? What language Hebrew. would they have? Yeah, there you go. It's proto-Hebrew, folks. Mm-hmm. This is this is why uh, there's so much skepticism about the Bible in the secular world, and it's it's the fault of these secular archaeologists and Jewish archaeologists. Back to you. But you can throw in one little word like that, one 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 comment, and it just messes. You know, yeah. it, it deceives everybody. That's right. Just that one That's, comment. Yeah, proto Canaanite, just like they did with the what they call it. Uh, it used to be uh, the the uh, the language of the Hamites used to be. Uh, Hamito-Shemitic or Hamito-Semitic. Why? Well, because Ham and Shem both spoke the same language, right? But they Mm -hmm. have changed it. The archaeologists have changed it to Afro-Hamitic. They have changed it to Afro-Hamitic. Why? Well, to to satisfy the secular archaeologists who believe that Mm -hmm. everything came out of Africa, Right? I mean, this is the type of finagling that goes on in, in archaeology and biblical scholarship. You know, you, you believe this nonsense and we know better. Okay. So th- this, this whole discovery is going to put the lie to secular archaeology once and for all. This is big, Dan. This is huge. Back to you. Mm-hmm. Okay. The majority Hebrew language text he post, he posited was written by Israelites as an internal legal document a form of social contract, warning the person under contract what would happen if he did not fulfill his obligations. Oh, wow, okay. According now, what? The, uh, the covenant. This is the covenant, right? Between Abraham and his descendants. It's a contract. Mm-hmm. Most Christians don't even know that the covenant is a legal contract. Back to you. According to the researchers, it reads, cursed, cursed, cursed. <laughs> Cursed by the God Yahweh, you will die cursed. Cursed, you will surely die. Cursed by Yahweh. Cursed, cursed, cursed. Galil said the structure is a parallel chiastic, which is found elsewhere in the Bible, as well as in other Near Eastern texts of the period and even earlier. But until now, researchers have held that the Bible was only written down, if not composed, hundreds of years after the positive dating of this text. Now we see that someone could write a, chi- a chiastic in the 12th century BCE. No longer 
should the conversation be about whether the Israelites were literate during the time of King David? He says. Amen. Amen. All right. This is the value of this discovery right at the very spot, because we were reading it last week in Deuteronomy chapter 27. These very curses are written down, and this little amulet, as some people are calling it, this little piece of lead has memorialized that text in Deuteronomy. Back to you. The person who wrote this text had the ability to write every text in the Bible, Galil stated. And that is the end of the article. Okay, very good. All right, so uh, so let's go back into uh, Deuteronomy chapter 27 and uh, you know go through this uh, these uh, blessings and curses and then it continues into Deuteronomy chapter 28. But uh, you know for the sake of you know understanding our people need to know that this is real history, <laughs> right? The Bible is the best historical book ever written. Okay, especially regarding the ancient world, and uh, it's the only source for many, uh, you know, many historical events uh, in the ancient world. Okay, we have very sparse uh, confirmation of uh, historical events by the archaeological secular world, that, and you so that you have to take the Bible seriously. And that's what Ron Wyatt did. He took the Bible seriously, and he made all these archaeological discoveries, which, of course, the the secular archaeologists have been poo-pooing ever since, right? Now it's time to take the Bible seriously, uh, world of archaeology. It's time. All right. So let's go into Deuteronomy chapter 27. Why don't we take it from the top? Because uh, this is very important. Okay, over to you. All right, Deuteronomy chapter 27. Verse 1, And Moses with the elders of Israel commanded the people, saying, Keep all the commandments which I command you this day. And it shall be on the day when you shall pass over Jordan unto the land which Yahweh thy God gives thee, that thou shalt set up three great that thou shalt set thee up great stones, and plaster them with plaster. And thou shalt write upon them all the words of this law, when thou art passed over, that thou mayest go in unto the land which Yahweh thy God gives thee a land that flows with milk and honey, as Yahweh, as Yahweh, God of thy fathers, has promised thee. Therefore it shall be when you go over Jordan that you shall set up these stones, which I command you this day, in Mount Ebal, and thou shalt plaster them with plaster. And there build an altar unto Yahweh thy God, an altar of stones. Thou shalt not lift up any iron tool upon them. Thou shalt build the altar of Yahweh thy God of whole stones. And thou shalt offer burnt offerings thereon unto Yahweh thy God. Okay. Now, in addition, yeah, the the this plaster was also found in the debris, and so what the uh, these Christian uh, archaeologists have stated is that w- what they did was they rummaged through the debris of earlier archaeological findings by the Israelis. Okay, and so rather than dispose of the debris, they just left three big piles of debris, right? And so what these Christian archaeologists have done is they've sifted through the debris, and by guess what? They found remains of plaster. Some kind of plaster was also found. So not only was this little amulet found, but the plaster. So, so far, 
everything at this site confirms what happened right here in Deuteronomy chapter 27, folks. This is big stuff. Back to you. And thou shalt offer peace offerings and shalt eat there and rejoice before Yahweh thy God. And thou shalt write upon the stones all the words of this law very plainly. <laughs> and, and Moses and the priests, the Levites, spake unto all Israel, saying, Take heed and hearken, O Israel. This day thou art become the people of Yahweh thy God. Thou shalt therefore obey the voice of Yahweh thy God, and do his commandments and his statutes, which I command thee this day. And Moses charged the people, people the same day, saying, These shall stand upon Mount Gerizim to bless the people when ye are come over Jordan. Simeon and Levi and Judah and Issachar and Joseph and Benjamin. And these shall stand upon Mount Ebal to curse Reuben, Gad, and Asher, and Zebulun, Dan, and Naphtali. Okay, now this is very, also very important because the fact is, it, Moses plainly states, This day thou art become the people of Yahweh which they never were in the wilderness. Why? Because they didn't, they were too uh, afraid to attack, uh, you know, Jericho uh, 40 years before. And that's why only... Uh, uh, he disowned what, them. <laughs> yeah, he, he, yeah, he essentially disowned them. And why Joshua and uh, who was the uh, Judahite? Joshua was from the tribe of Ephraim. And... Hey. Uh, Caleb. So only Joshua and Caleb of all the Israelites that went in the world were allowed to cross over into Jericho across the Jordan River. Okay. Two out of all those. The millions. It was millions. Yeah. Only two. But here the covenant is confirmed with the Israelites. Well, they couldn't practice the, the feast days in the wilderness because they didn't have the uh, opportunity or the means to sac maybe the priests did the Levites, but uh, they had to start uh, reaping the harvest. Okay, so what they did was they reaped the harvest of the of wheat and barley that was left by the Canaanites, and they used that for the uh, feast of unleavened bread. Okay, so this is when the feast days actually began to be practiced. Not any time before. This puts the lie to many of the calendar advocates, and I've, I've read many, that say, well, the, the, the pattern of the Sabbath days goes back to Genesis chapter 1, verse uh, the fourth day, because that's when the sun, moon, and the stars appear. Okay, so obviously you can't have a calendar until, until you can observe the sun and the moon, according to their reckoning, right? But that's not the way it works. There's other verses which clearly state that the feast day calendar doesn't begin until the Israelites settle or take over Palestine. All right, so it's clear. It's very clear that Moses says this. So you cannot start a calendar until this period of history and it's very important now to, to determine exactly what year is this that the Israelites crossed over the Jordan and took over Jericho. And, of course, Jericho has been found as well and been researched archaeologically as well. Now, and I'm sure I have. So now we're getting really solid evidence 
from Christian archaeologists that all of these events took place. They're real. They're history. It's not fiction, right? Adam and Eve really existed, right? Jesus Christ really existed, right? Etc. 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 And this is now coming finally at the, what after six thousand years, <laughs> all right? Four thousand years of Israelite history. It's finally becoming archaeologically acknowledged that all this stuff really took place and the Bible was written by Moses way back then. All right, back to you. Verse 14. And the Levites shall speak and say unto all the men of Israel with a loud voice, Cursed be the man that makes any graven or molten image, an abomination unto Yahweh, the work of the hands of the craftsmen, and put it in a secret place. And all the people shall answer and say, Amen. Cursed be he that sets light by his father or his mother. And all the people shall say, Amen. Cursed be he that removes his his neighbor's landmark. And all the people shall say, Amen. Cursed be he that makes the blind to wander, wander out of the way. And all the people shall say, Amen. Cursed be he that perverts the judgment of the stranger, fatherless, and widow. And all the people shall say, Amen. Cursed be he that lies with his father's wife, because he uncovers his father's skirt. And all the people shall say, Amen. Cursed be he that lies with any manner of beast. And all the people shall say, Amen. Cursed be he that lies with his sister, the daughter of his father, or the daughter of his mother. And all the people shall say, Amen. Cursed be he that lies with his mother-in-law, and all the people shall say, Amen. (laughs) Your (laughs) mother-in-law? Okay, yeah, you're not to do that. Cursed be he that smites his neighbor secretly, and all the people shall say, Amen. Cursed be he that takes reward to slay an innocent person, and all the people shall say, Amen. Cursed be he that confirms not all the words of this law to do them, and all the people shall say amen. Now, this should, okay, yeah, very good. This also confirms where uh, Paul uses the term, the curse of the law, okay, which the Judeos falsely interpret as meaning the law itself is a curse. No, I think Paul was actually referring to Deuteronomy chapter 27. These curses will come upon you if mm-hmm. if you do them. Okay? So Paul is not denying the law in any way. He, he is also commemorating Deuteronomy 27. I believe it's Galatians 3, verse 13, if I recall correctly. We can maybe investigate that as we continue the show. But uh, please continue Deuteronomy chapter 28. Okay, chapter 28. And it shall come to pass, if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of Yahweh thy God, to observe and to do all his commandments, which I command thee this day, that Yahweh thy God will set thee on high above all nations of the earth. And all these blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee, if thou shalt hearken unto the voice of Yahweh thy God. Blessed shalt thou be in the city, and blessed shalt thou be in the field. Blessed shall be the fruit of thy body and the fruit of thy ground, and the fruit of thy cattle, the increase of thy kind, and the flocks of thy sheep. Blessed shall be thy basket and thy store. Blessed shalt thou be when thou comest in, and blessed shalt thou be when thou goest out. Yahweh shall cause thine enemies that rise up against thee to be smitten before thy face. They shall come out against thee one way, 
and flee before thee seven ways. Yahweh shall command the blessing upon thee in thy storehouses and in all that thou settest thine hand unto. And he shall bless thee in the land which Yahweh thy God gives thee. Yahweh shall establish thee an holy people unto himself as he has sworn unto thee, if thou shalt keep the commandments of Yahweh thy God and walk in his ways. And all the people of the earth shall see that thou art called by the name of Yahweh, and they shall be afraid of thee. And Yahweh shall make thee plenteous in goods, in the fruit of thy body, and in the fruit of thy cattle, and in the fruit of thy ground, in the land which Yahweh swear unto thy fathers to give thee. The Lord Yahweh shall open unto thee his good treasure, the heaven to give the rain unto thy land in his season, and to bless all the work of thine hand. And thou shalt lend unto many nations, and thou shalt not borrow. And Yahweh shall make thee the head, and not the tail. Ooh. And thou shalt be <laughs> above only, and thou shalt not be beneath. If that thou hearken unto the commandments of Yahweh thy God, which I command thee this day to observe and to do them. And thou shalt not go aside from any of the words which I command thee this day, to the right hand or to the left, to go after other gods to serve them. Okay. But it shall come to pass. Right. Hold on. Hold on. There's another uh, controversy that this archaeological discovery uh, takes over, and that is the idea that Yahweh was a Canaanite god instead of the god of Israel. Okay. So here we see that the Israelites have commemorated the name of Yahweh twice in Paleo-Hebrew scripts written right to left. Okay, this proves that the Israelites practiced the name of Yahweh before mingling because they didn't uh, they didn't uh, exterminate all the Canaanites as Yahweh commanded them to. Uh, but you know, the idea that the Canaanites, well, they they probably heard the name of Yahweh, but they didn't worship Yahweh exclusively as the Israelites did. Okay, and we can see when the Israelites took over the land of Canaan, the names of all the other gods disappeared and the Israelites worshipped Yahweh exclusively. This is clear from the archaeological record of the takeover of Palestine by the Israelites. Again, all these controversies now are being settled by this amazing archaeological discovery at Mount Ebal. Back to you. Verse 15, But it shall come to pass... If thou wilt not hearken unto the voice of Yahweh thy God, to observe, to do all his commandments and his statutes, which I command thee this day, that all these curses shall come upon thee and overtake thee. Cursed shalt thou be in the city, and cursed shalt thou be in the field. Cursed shalt be thy basket and thy store. Cursed shall the fruit of thy body, shall be the fruit of thy body, and the fruit of thy land, the increase of thy kind, and the flocks of thy sheep. Cursed shalt thou be when thou comest in, and cursed shalt thou be when thou goest out. Yahweh shall send upon thee cursing, vexation, and rebuke in all that thou settest thine hand unto for to do, until thou be destroyed, and until thou perish quickly, because of the wickedness of thy doings, whereby thou hast forsaken me. Yahweh shall make the pestilence cleave unto thee, until he hath consumed thee from off the land, whither thou goest to possess it. Yahweh shall smite thee with a consumption, and with a fever, and with an inflammation, and with an extreme burning. And COVID. And with the sword. <laughs> right? What, so, what, what so, did you say? I didn't and COVID. 
He will curse us with COVID. So is it not clear that, and uh, Peter confirms this where where he says that judgment will begin with the house of Israel, okay, that because the vast majority of Caucasian Israelites in the world are not obeying Yahweh's laws, that all of these curses are coming upon us in these end times, and this discovery, the proof that uh, these curses will apply to us Israelites with a vengeance because of our unbelief and because our refusal to obey his laws, that this is proof that Yahweh is smiting Israel all over the world because of their unbelief. Back to you. Verse 22. Yahweh shall smite thee with the consumption and with the fever, and with an inflammation, and with an extreme burning, and with the sword, and with blasting, and with mildew, and they shall pursue thee until thou perish. And thy heaven that is over thy head shall be brass, and the earth that is under thee shall be iron. Yahweh shall make the rain of thy land powder and dust. From heaven shall it come down upon thee until thou be destroyed. Yahweh shall cause thee to be smitten before thine enemies. Thou shalt go out one way against them and flee seven ways before them and shall be removed into all the kingdoms of the earth. And thy carcass shall be meat unto all the fowls of the air and unto the beasts of the earth, and no man shall fray them away. Yahweh will smite thee with the botch of Egypt and with the emeralds and with the scab and with the itch whereof (laughs) thou canst not be healed. Right. Yahweh shall smite thee with madness and blindness and astonishment of heart. Amen. And then if you go to a hospital, that's the last place where you get healed. You're going to go there to die. Back to that's you. That's where you go to die. Yeah. That's right. And thou shalt grope at noonday, huh. as the blind gropes in darkness. And thou shalt not prosper in thy ways. And thou shalt be only oppressed and spoiled evermore. And no man shall save thee. Not even Bill thou Gates. <laughs> <laughs> Thou shalt betroth the wife, and another man shall lie with her. Thou shalt build a house, and thou shalt not dwell therein. Thou shalt plant a vineyard, and shalt not gather the grapes thereof. Thine ox shall be slain before thine eyes, and thou shalt not eat thereof. Thine ass shall be violently, violently taken away from before thy face, and shall not be restored to thee. Your Chevy, your Chevy will be. <laughs> confiscated by the mortgage company. It'll be repoed, folks. <laughs> right? Yep. Uh-huh. Thy sheep shall be given unto thine enemies, and thou shalt have none to rescue them. Thy sons and thy daughters shall be given unto another people, and thine eyes shall look and fail with longing for them all the day long. And there shall be no might in thy hand. The fruit of thy land and all thy labors shall a nation which thou knowest not eat up. And thou shalt only be oppressed and crushed away. Taxes anyone? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, so, what's Neil, I'm trying to think of a guy, Neil, uh, or a famous rock star. He wrote a song called Helpless, Helpless, Helpless. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. That's what, we are totally helpless. Why? Because Yahweh's curses are for, raining down upon us mm-hmm. because of our unbelief. Back to you. So that thou shalt be mad for the sight of thine eyes, which thou shalt see. Yahweh shall smite thee in the knees and in the legs with a sore botch that cannot be healed from the sole of thy foot unto the top of thy head. Yahweh shall bring thee and thy king, which thou shalt set over thee unto a nation which neither thou nor thy fathers have known. 
and there shalt thou serve other gods, oh, wood and stone. And thou shalt become an astonishment, a proverb, and a byword among all the nations where Yahweh shall lead thee. Thou shalt carry much seed out into the field, and shalt gather but little in, for the locust shall consume it. Thou shalt plant vineyards and dress them, but shall neither drink of the wine nor gather the grapes, for the worms shall eat them. Thou shalt have olive trees throughout all thy coasts, but thou shalt not anoint thyself with the oil, for thine olive shall cast his fruit. Thou shalt beget sons and daughters, but thou shalt not enjoy them, for they shall go into captivity. All the trees and fruit of thy land shall the locusts consume. The stranger that is within thee shall get up above thee very high, and thou shalt come down very low. He shall lend to thee, and thou shalt not lend to him. He shall be the head, and thou shalt be the tail. Moreover, all these curses shall come upon thee, and shall pursue thee, and overtake thee, till thou be destroyed, because thou hearkens not unto the voice of Yahweh thy God, to keep his commandments and his statutes which he commanded thee. And they shall be upon thee for a sign and for a wonder, and upon thy seed forever, because thou servest not Yahweh thy God with joyfulness and with gladness of heart for the abundance of all things. Therefore shalt thou serve thine enemies, which Yahweh shall send against thee in hunger and in thirst and in nakedness and in want of all things. And he shall put a yoke of iron upon thy neck until he hath destroyed thee. Yahweh shall bring a nation against thee from afar, from the end of the earth, as swift as the eagle flieth, a nation whose tongue thou shalt not understand. Chinese? Yep. <laughs> All right. A nation of fierce countenance, oh. which shall not regard the person of the old, nor show favor to the young. And he shall eat the fruit of thy cattle, and the fruit of thy land, until thou be destroyed which also shall not leave thee either corn, wine, or oil, or the increase of thy kind, or flocks of thy sheep, until he have destroyed thee. And he shall besiege thee in all thy gates, until thy high and fenced walls come down, wherein thou trusted throughout all the land. And he shall besiege thee in all thy gates throughout all thy land, which Yahweh thy God has given thee. Yeah, we trusted in the CIA, FBI, the military, blah, 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 anything but Yahweh. And we're talking about mm-hmm. Christian Israelites here, folks. The people who believe believe in God, so-called, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he shall besiege thee in all thy gates until thy high and fenced walls come down, wherein thou trusted throughout all thy land, and he shall besiege thee in all thy gates throughout all thy land, which Yahweh thy God has given thee. And thou shalt eat the fruit of thine own body, the Ooh. flesh of thy sons and of thy daughters. Okay, uh, Yahweh thy- I have struggled with this verse, wondering whether this should be taken literally. But we know the Rothschilds are planning a mass starvation. Okay, and they're using this war in Ukraine as a pretext for rising prices of all kinds and for shortages, right? But these shortages have been planned, okay? Mm-hmm. So 
folks, Israelites, better get ready because all these prophecies are coming down the pike and they're going to come sooner, sooner rather than later. This is the end time, folks. The Battle of Armageddon will determine who wins, right? That's like the last aspect, the Battle of Armageddon and the Second Coming will be the very last aspect of all these prophecies and we are getting so close that you know you better put on the armor of Yahweh as Paul tells us, if you want to survive this. Back to you. You know, something else to remember about all this is it wasn't just spoken to our generation currently. It was spoken to generations of our people years ago. Yeah. You know, this these words are written for for everybody. You know, for all, our ancestors is what I'm trying to say. So right. some of the things we see in here, we may not can relate to them in our current situation, but our ancestors could have, if that makes any sense. You see what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, no. It's for all generations. And then, well, yeah. because all of them have had judgments upon them, Yahweh exactly. has always used some other nation, sometimes the Assyrians, sometimes the Babylonians, to punish us. They do his mm-hmm. punishing, right? Punishing work. And still the Israelites refuse to obey. Okay, this is our last chance, folks. All right, so uh, if anything that the Christian identity movement is doing, it is trying to alert the unbelieving Christian Israelites who call themselves Christians but are not because they worship other gods and they worship the work of their own hands and their own might, blah, 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 right? And this is telling the entire Christian Israelite word, you better shape up. This is your last chance to shape up. Back to you. Verse 53. Uh, let's see. Yeah. And thou shalt eat the fruit of thine own body, the flesh of thy sons and of thy daughters, which Yahweh thy God has given thee in the siege and in the straightness wherewith thine enemies shall distress thee. So that the man that is tender among you and very delicate, his eyes shall be evil toward his brother and toward the wife of his bosom and toward the remnant of his children, which he shall leave so that he will not give to any of them of the flesh of his children whom he shall eat. Because he has nothing left, has because he has nothing left him in the siege, mm. and in the straightness wherewith thine enemies shall distress thee in all thy gates. The tender and delicate woman among you, which would not adventure to set the sole of her foot upon the ground for delicateness and tenderness, her eye shall be evil toward the husband of her bosom, and yes. toward her son, and toward her daughter. She'll become a feminist. <laughs> <All right? laughs> yeah. Exactly. Oh, man. Okay. And, and toward her young one that comes out from between her feet. Abortion, and anybody, her, right? Yeah. Infanticide. And toward her children, which she shall bear, for she shall eat them for want of all things secretly in the siege and straightness, wherewith thine enemy shall distress thee in thy gates. Speaking of abortion, have you? I think I came across an article a few days ago that it's uh it's legal to kill a child up until up to the point of birth right yes and even afterwards and even afterwards yeah that's in california isn't it right yeah infanticide yeah 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 absolutely i mean that's just legalized murder that's right yeah well so is abortion but you know they're splitting hairs (laughs) right the abortionists love love to split hairs like that right Mm -hmm. yeah I guess the, I guess that baby is not part of the feminist's body, right? 
<laughs> my body, my choice, yeah. right? Why don't you just go ahead and commit suicide? Yeah. Right? And be, exactly. and be food, and be food for your sister, your feminist sister. All right? <laughs> These curses, folks, they're coming to pass right as we speak. All right, back to you. Verse 58. If thou wilt not observe to do all the words of this law that are written in this book, that thou mayest fear this glorious and fearful name, Yahweh thy God, then Yahweh will make thy plagues wonderful, and the plagues of thy seed, even the great plagues, and of long continuance, and sore sicknesses, and of long continuance. Moreover, he will bring upon thee all the diseases of Egypt, which thou was afraid of, and they shall cleave unto thee. Also every sickness and every plague, which is not written in the book of this law, them will Yahweh bring upon thee until thou be destroyed. And you shall be left few in number, whereas you were as the stars of heaven for multitude, because thou wouldest not obey the voice of Yahweh thy God. And it shall come to pass that as Yahweh rejoiced over you to do good and to multiply you, so Yahweh will rejoice over you to destroy you and to bring you to naught. Okay. And you shall be plucked from off the land, whither thou goest to possess it. And Yahweh shall scatter thee among all the people, from the one end of the earth even unto the other. And there thou shalt serve other gods, which neither thou nor thy fathers have known, even wooden stone. And among these nations shalt thou find no ease, neither shall the sole of thy foot have rest. But Yahweh shall give thee there a trembling heart, and failing of eyes, and sorrow of mind. And thy life shall hang in doubt before thee, and thou shalt fear day and night, and shall have none assurance of thy life. In the morning thou shalt say, Would God it were evening. And at evening thou shalt say, Would God it were morning. For the fear of thine heart wherewith thou shalt fear, and for the sight of thine eyes which thou shalt see. And Yahweh shall bring thee into Egypt again with ships, by the way whereof I spake unto thee. Thou shalt see it no more again. And there you shall be sold unto your enemies for bondmen Ooh. and bondwomen, and no man shall buy you. In the chapter 28. Right. Yeah, the, the price of a white person will be very low. <laughs> right. Even sold at auction as slaves, right? All right, Swamp Fox quotes Jeremiah 19.9, And I will cause them to eat the flesh of their sons and the flesh of their daughters, and they shall eat everyone the flesh of his friend in the siege and the straightness wherewith their enemies, and they that seek their lives shall straighten them. Okay? Again, the idea put forth by modern Judeo-Christians, the antinomians, that the law is no longer in effect. The direct result of that false teaching is that they will be consumed by their enemies in the last day, right? And actually throughout history, because this has taken place multiple times because of our disbelief, that which also means disobedience, okay? So, that those Israelites who falsely teach that the law has been done away with, they're not going to be, they're not going to be raptured out of this. They're going to be punished. Period. That's what's going to happen. And then Brother Abar says, 
This just happened in the Babylonian siege of Jerusalem. It also happens today because human parts are in our food. Yes, we all have eaten human in our food, especially at uh, McDonald's and probably Burger King. Soylent green is real, okay? And they're also jabbing us with the DNA of other people and their diseases, right? And monkey, monkey genes, and you name it. They're inserting this stuff into our bodies because why? We trust in medicine instead of Yahweh. Back to you. Chapter 29. These are the words of the covenant which Yahweh commanded Moses to make with the children of Israel in the land of Moab, beside the covenant which he made with them in Horeb. And Moses called unto all Israel and said unto them, you have seen all that Yahweh did before your eyes in the land of Egypt unto Pharaoh, and unto all his servants, and unto all his land. The great temptations which thine eyes have seen, the signs, and those great miracles. Yet Yahweh has not given you a heart to perceive, and eyes to see, and ears to hear unto this day. And I have led you forty years in the wilderness. Your clothes are not waxen old upon you, and your shoe is not waxen old upon your foot. You have not eaten bread, neither have you drunk strong wine or drink, that you might know that I am Yahweh, your God. Okay, this means they, came, they could not have eaten the Passover, because why? They were eating manna and other stuff, right? Again, mm-hmm. more proof that the feast day calendar does not begin until the very day that Joshua and the Israelites crossed the Jordan River into Palestine, Okay. We're giving multiple indications that this is the case. All right, very good stuff. Back to you. Verse 7. And when you come into this place, Sihon the king of Heshbon and Og the king of Bashan came out against us unto battle, and we smote them. And we took their land and gave it for an inheritance unto the Reubenites and to the Gadites and to the half-tribe of Manasseh. Okay, this is why I say Ruth was more than likely, well, it's quite possible Ruth was a Judahite. But because this land of Moab had been vacated for 200 years by Moab, there weren't any Moabites in that territory for at least 200 years, when Ruth transplanted from, I think she was actually in Bethlehem, to Moab because of a plague, or I'm sorry, a, a drought, okay? And, and uh, there was very little food, so she relocated there where the, the drought had not taken place. And she was a transplanted Israelite, or she already lived there in uh, in the land of Reuben, Gad, and Manasseh in, in the Moab, Moab territory. I'd have to do a really careful reading of the book of Ruth to determine. But there's, there's no doubt she was an Israelite, absolutely no doubt, okay? She was a, a Moabite only by territory, not by race. Back to you. Verse 9, keep therefore the words of this covenant and do them that you may prosper in all that you do. You stand this day, all of you, before Yahweh your God, your captains of your tribes, your elders, and your officers with all the men of Israel, your little ones, your wives, and thy stranger that is in thy camp, from the hewer of thy wood unto the drawer of thy water, that thou shouldest enter into the covenant with Yahweh thy God. And into his oath, which Yahweh thy God makes with thee this day, that he may establish thee today for a people unto himself, and that he may be unto thee a God, as he has said unto thee, and he has sworn unto thy fathers, 
to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. Neither with you only I do make this covenant and this oath, but with him that stands here with us this day before Yahweh our God, and also with him that is not here with us this day. For ye know how we have dealt in the land, have dwelt in the land of Egypt, and how we came through the nations which you passed by. And you've seen their abominations and their idols, wood and stone, silver and gold, which were among them. Lest there should be among you man or woman or family or tribe whose heart turns away this day from Yahweh our God to go and serve the gods of these nations. Lest there should be among you a root that bears gall and wormwood. <laughs> and it come to pass when he hears the words of this curse that he blessed himself in his heart, saying, I shall have peace, though I walk in the imagination of my heart. <laughs> right. To add drunkenness to thirst. Yeah, that's called Judeo-Christianity, right? Yeah, exactly. Walk yes, in the yeah. imagination of mine own heart, Judeo-Christianity. I don't care what it says. I just have my own beliefs. That's right. I won't hear anything else. The stubborn Israelites, stiff-necked Israelites. Yeah. And they have so much pride, they don't want to oh, hear. It's they don't incredible. Want to have a discussion of, 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 you know, just a regular yeah. discussion about anything. Oh, they don't want to hear any talk about the law. No, that's been done away with. <laughs> talk about pride. Ignorant. Uh, yeah. I have found in, in my lifetime, I'm 75 years old now, that the most prideful people are the truly ignorant, <laughs> right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Even, even a drunk lying in the gutter, he knows better than everybody else. All right. That's the way it is. You know, the lower you are on the totem pole, the more outrageous pride you have. You know, I've tried to have discussions with, and I have better discussions with people who've never been to a church in their life, right? Than with so-called Judeo-Christians. You know, yeah, I'm talking about biblical discussions because they they don't even want to listen to you. They don't don't want to hear hear your point of view. They don't want to hear your you know your side of the story or anything. They just, they have it, they have their minds made up. Yeah, and yet they still say, well, the Bible says what it means and means what it says. Well, no. Yeah. They don't want to take the Old Testament seriously because the law was still applied. The curses of the law still applied then. No, no, they still do, right? Mm-hmm. They still do. Sorry, they still do. Okay. But Jesus loves everybody. Yeah, right. Well, <laughs> but he's the son of Yahweh, so... And I, I and my father are one. That means we are unified. There's no difference in attitude and in law-keeping between the two. I do the will of my father. Direct quote. All right, back to you. Verse 20. Yahweh will not spare him, but then the anger of Yahweh and his jealousy shall smoke against that man. And all the curses that are written in this book shall lie upon him. And Yahweh shall blot out his name from under heaven. And Yahweh shall separate him unto evil out of all the tribes of Israel, according to all the curses of the covenant that are written in this book of the law, so that the generation to come of your children that shall rise up after you and the strangers that shall come from a far land shall say, when they see the plagues of that land and the sickness which Yahweh has laid upon it, and that the whole land thereof is a brimstone and salt and burning that is not sown, nor beareth, nor any grass groweth therein, like the overthrow of Sodom and Gomorrah, Adma and Zeboim, which Yahweh overthrew in his anger and in his wrath. Yeah. Even all the nations shall say, Wherefore has Yahweh done this unto this land? 
What means the heat of this great anger? Then men shall say, because they have forsaken the covenant of Yahweh, God of their fathers, All right. with them, All right. he brought them forth okay. out of the of Egypt. There it is, right? Because we have forsaken the covenant. Nobody else has a covenant. And then what? And people look upon us white Christians. What's wrong? They, their God has deserted them. <laughs> Indeed, he has. Okay. Yeah, we're not obeying our our in keeping our end of the covenant. That's right. Amen. Okay. Verse twenty six. For they went and served other gods and worshipped them, gods whom they knew not, and whom they had and and whom he had not given unto them. Doctor Fauci. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> right. Bill Gates. Mm. They idolize these people. Why? Because they're billionaires, right? They must be doing something right because they're billionaires. Yeah, only smart people. Like, right. people are billionaires. <laughs> right. Okay. And the anger of Yahweh was kindled against this land to bring it to bring upon it all the curses that are written in this book. And Yahweh rooted them out of their land in anger and in wrath and in great indignation, and cast them into another land as it is this day. The secret things belong unto Yahweh our God, but those things which are revealed belong unto us and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of this law. Amen. All right. Okay, so let me, uh, with a couple of minutes left, uh, I'd like to turn to Galatians chapter 3 and uh, read a few verses here. Well, I'll just start with uh, verse 10. For as many as are of the works of the law, which means the rituals. It does not mean the uh, good works. There's a huge disparity between the, when Paul uses the term good works versus works of the law. He means the rituals of the law plus the added, uh, the, the teachings of men, namely the Pharisees, the the rituals that the Pharisees added to the law, such as having to wash your hands before eating. This is, this is what Paul is really talking about. He's not talking about the good works or obedience to the law. And then, let's continue. For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse. Why? Because these rituals do not affect your uh, atonement anymore. Ever since the, even for Judahites, these rituals of the law do not affect your atonement. It's over. Now you have to answer to Yahweh directly at the judgment day, okay? For it is written, Cursed is everyone that continueth not in all the things which are written in the book of the law to do them. All right, so here he's affirming the writings of the law, all right? We are cursed if we don't do them. Verse 11, but that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God, it is evident for the just shall live by faith. In other words, you must accept the fact that Yahshua has come to salvage your uh, old life uh, of disobedience. Okay? Now, and so verse 14, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the, the nations, not Gentiles, through Yahshua Messiah, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faithfulness, is what it should read. Okay? So, folks, the end is near. 
but stay calm, stay cool, uh, and rejoice, because those of you who have been faithful will be saved. All right, thank you. Thank you, Brother Dan. We'll t- see you next week, okay? Thank you. All right, All folks. Right, see you next week. Okay. All right, folks. That's the show for this morning. Thanks for listening. Praise Yahweh. Pass the ammunition. You're going to need it. All right. Take care. Yah bless everybody. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.